Welcome to the Pinfall Podcast. I'm your host, Liz. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Marcus. Hello, everybody. Listening on Spotify, watching on YouTube, and most especially watching live on Twitch, all of which are Pinfall Podcast. Welcome. 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 Uh, this. Welcome. Welcome. This was AEW Dynamite Fight for the Fallen. Um, it was a really fun. Our show. fallen comrades, the sharks. Huh? I said our fallen comrades, the sharks. Yeah. Uh, today's fight for the fallen was uh, not dedicated to the fallen troops like last year's. This was dedicated to the what? Last year's was dedicated to survivors of domestic violence. Oh, was it? Yeah, because a lot of people were like, it's interesting because, like, there's maybe some people on your roster that. Oh, I remember that. You should fire before supporting such a cause. But, anyway, it's not. Yeah, today was in honor of Oceana. Yeah, all of. uh, to, uh, To support stopping fin trading. Yeah, I didn't really know that was a thing, but glad to know that we're stopping it. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like uh like like tusk trading with like elephants. Uh, mm. Um. Sad. But yeah. Very fun episode. A lot of ups, couple downs. Um some some very interesting twists and turns that we'll get to in just a second. But before we get there, before we get there, you didn't join in for our 2K22 live stream yesterday. You wouldn't know that we have a brand new pinfall podcast prediction champion. We didn't recap Death Before Dishonor, unfortunately. Uh, we were out of town that day, and we will c- we will be out of town this weekend as well, so we won't be able to uh, recap SummerSlam. Or maybe we could Sunday, but we won't be able to do live watch along. Right, there we go. Um... However, we did predictions for Death Before Dishonor, and we have crowned a new champion. Let me make sure I have the uh, records correct. Speaking of records, the Mets just won. I don't really give a fuck, if I could be very honest they with beat you. the Yankees, for those wondering they why Liz is so all. upset. Oh, fuck off. Oh, no one wants to fucking hear it. <laughs> um, so... Liz, you got seven right and four wrong. I, on the other hand, got eight right and three wrong. Just barely making it over. Um, the the things that really did it for us were were Claudio beating Gresham. Um, for you, it was Colt Cabana beating Anthony Henry. Um, Thanks, Anthony Henry. <laughs> also, uh, Mercedes beating Serena Deeb. And and we thought for sure Jay Lethal would come out on top against Samoa Joe. Um, but I am your new pinfall podcast prediction champion. I now have the title. And if you're looking at that egg, if you're looking at that egg and you're saying, damn, that egg doesn't have them DSLs, that egg doesn't have a sexy little top hat, 
You know why? It's because Mark deacidified the egg. Thank you. This is what it looked like before. Yeah, a sexy little fucker. And now it's back to its glory. It's Ugly. naked glory. Are you telling this egg to cover up? I'm telling this egg to let its freak flag fly. This egg is beautiful just the way it is. And you do dare not disrespect the sanctity you don't let the egg of express the egg. Itself. You don't let the egg express itself. You're forcing your expression onto the egg. I'll force. No. And it shall display proudly in the background. And I have a punishment to give to you, but I will not give no, it. No, you don't. Yeah. If we don't actively go over it, I feel like there shouldn't be a punishment. I mean, we we did that. Because that only. No, we've done that before. Oh wait, no, that was for the that was for the live watch long. Okay, I mean, yeah, we never talked about. Not I thought that it was that. only for things that we actually like covered. Okay. Covered. I mean, yeah, we. In my humble if opinion. If you want to avoid a, a punishment right now, that's fine. It's the coward's way out, but sure. And I'm a coward. What are you talking about? Okay. All right. Let it go down in history. Write it in the books. Um, but we will be doing predictions for SummerSlam. I know I just said that we won't be covering it live, um, but we will most likely be doing a, a uh, recap the day after. Um, so we'll be pr doing predictions for that too, and those predictions will be made tomorrow. It'll be made with uh, Seth not having an opponent. So uh, some stuff might be up in the air. What, what are you doing right now? I'm just adjusting the camera a bit. Okay. Um, but yeah. So real quick, let's talk about today's Dynamite. Uh, two huge, three huge title matches. Four huge title matches. Um, we had John Moxley versus Roosh for the interim AEW World Championship. That opened up the show. That was a lot of fun. Um, we had uh, Ricky Starks defend the FTW Championship against Danhausen, but then promptly lose it to Hook. Um, but just before that, we had the trios belts revealed. Those looked very nice. Yeah, those looked very pretty, and uh, it was very casual how they introduced them. Um, but there will be a tournament. I they they worded it weird. It made it they made it sound like the tournament was at all out, but I feel like the finals are at all out. Yeah, uh, they were they were kind of off their game today. Really, were they? I mean, there were a couple moments, but that I can recall. You mean the commentators? Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry. Uh, I I was talking about the graphic. The graphic made it seem like. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, we had uh, Ricky Starks turned on by Powerhouse Hobbs. Hobbs now distinctly heel, while Starks is face. Uh, looks like maybe more Hobbs leaving Team Taz than Team Taz breaking up entirely. Um, we also had Sammy Guevara versus Dante Martin. A real showcase for Dante, in my opinion. He looked like a star in that match. Um, yeah, good. That was really nice. Yeah. We had, um, 
an announcement that Undisputed Elite will reunite next week with Adam Cole returning along with uh, Red Dragon and the Bucks. We also had Swerve Strickland face Tony Nese and Mark Sterling in a handicap match. Um, then we had Thunder Rosa defend the AEW Women's Championship against Miyu Yamashita. Um, and then finally, our main event, we had Daniel Garcia versus Brian Danielson. Kind of a... I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like this shouldn't have been the main event. No, it shouldn't have. Uh, Yamashita versus Thunder Rosa should have been, in my opinion. Yeah. No, you're right. I, 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 it's another one of those things that they do where it's like, why? I, I see this more as Tony Khan's fanboyisms coming out, where he, he's so excited about Brian Danielson coming back that he thinks that's main event worthy, which like in most cases it is if you're not having two world title matches that same week. Yeah. But it's whatever. Um, you want to talk about some news? Yeah. Let's talk about some news. For a whole second, I was like, shit, did I even get the news? But I did. News. Um, righty tighty. So let's start. It's so funny. So much has happened since we last did the news. Last time we did the news, Vince McMahon was still running the WWE. Yeah. Yeah. And boy, howdy, on that Friday, did I say, this is hilarious. Um, we'll get into some of that stuff later. Um, we've got some WWE news. We've got some AEW news. Um, one piece of AEW news that kind of brings me down a little bit is that um, Takeshita is apparently returning to Japan soon. Yeah, we all knew this was coming. Um yeah. Just wonder if he's got any more left in the tank here in America before he moves back. Yeah, apparently he's going back to Japan for the um DDT Wrestle Peter Pan event, which What an interesting name for <laughs> something. Yeah. Um I hope that they have Cinnabon over there. I'm sure they do. Um Pardon me. Um, we also have um, Wheeler Yuta apparently got called out by Robbie Eagle. Um, he said that Yuta is ducking him um, for his owed pure championship match. Why is it... And then hashtag Yuta fears Eagles. Why is it owed? I don't know their history. I guess that that's their history. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Yuta said, however, don't worry, man. I remember I'm over in the States waiting. So it feels like, feels like when you're like about, like when you want to like see your friend, you're like, come over to my place. And they're like, yeah, come over to my place. And you're like, wait, wait, no. 
you come over to my place. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see that happen. I'm kind of, I don't know if maybe this came up, maybe it came up during the um, Best of Super Junior. Maybe, probably. I feel like that's yeah. the same time they cross paths. Yeah. Um, also, so I'm kind of bopping around from place to place, um, but in other AEW news, um, Tony Khan apparently is trying to get a Ring of Honor TV deal with Warner Brothers Discovery Monopoly conglomeration thing. Um, apparently, according to um, Steve Ball at NBC Sports Boston, um, Tony Khan said that he wants to bring back weekly Ring of Honor TV. Um, weird if he didn't. It would really just be like, nah, I actually don't want my company to succeed. Um, it's not really clear what channels he's targeting, what dates or any like actual details, but it's very clear that he is trying to push that forward. And hopefully that happens sooner rather than later because... I'd like to see Bring of Honor back full time. Tony Khan's already kind of fucking some stuff up, so oh, yeah. yeah. I just don't know how much I trust how well Ring of Honor would do on television. You know, like it, it's I like I don't know how how much it would serve um, being a part of the AW banner alone because Ring of Honor. Prior to their uh, their their leaving, wasn't getting huge numbers. That could have been a lot to do with its uh, TV deal. Um, but you also didn't hear much about Ring of Honor at the time. Um, but uh, especially since I mean you have NXT, which doesn't do very good numbers. Like it did six hundred thousand this week. I think it this week. Um, and, and I feel like both kind of serve the same function as developmental. Um, so I, I, I don't know. Um, I feel like Ring of Honor would be best for, a, for HBO Max or some kind of streaming service. It, it's possible, but I don't know if they want to pigeonhole themselves into that. Really no. Would that be pigeonholing though? Because streaming service is where the future is. Um, I don't know. I guess Tony Khan probably knows better than I do. I just work in uh, television data analytics. Mark knows shit. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Some other news. Apparently, Tully Blanchard is officially gone from AEW Ring of Honor. Um, and it was kind of confirmed by Brian Cage. Who just said, well, here today, gone tomorrow. Yeah, because uh, at Death Before Dishonor, it was announced that uh, Tully Blanchard Enterprises was bought out. I forget by who bought it, but it is now the Embassy. Okay. Um, also, apparently, so Ric Flair's last match is brought to you by Jim Crockett Promotions. Um, 
And apparently the Jim Crockett promotions trademark is going to be returned to the Crockett family. Um, I, I guess going forward, there are no plans to continue to host any events under that moniker. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So I, I think that's just, I, I, it's just really one of those like, Oh, didn't realize that that was the case in the first place. Kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that it didn't belong to them. Yeah. Um, all right. So fun news from WWE. Apparently Paul Heyman is back in the, um, recruiting, uh, arena, I guess for WWE. Um, I guess they, they were doing, um, tryouts ahead of SummerSlam and, um, the recruits Twitter account showed Paul Heyman on the panel of staff and everyone else um, who are there to you know, pick people out. Um, so I think that's awesome. Yeah. That's really exciting. Yeah. Um, things feel like they're, they're moving in a good motion now, a good swing. Um, I, I, I recall when uh, Triple H was announced to be uh of talent relations and EVP and all that back when he when Vince hadn't announced his retirement that although he would uh, go back to being in charge of recruiting that he'd kind of adapt to the methods uh, uh, that WWE went by previously which was you know a lot of athletes not so much indie wrestlers building them from the ground up but I, mm -hmm. I don't know if they're still going to abide by that, especially considering uh, Stephanie McMahon's interest in independent wrestling, such as GCW. Yeah. So I guess we'll just find out, see who the next debut for NXT is. I guess that's fair. Um, all right, some other... This is not really news, but I thought it was funny and kind of interesting. Apparently Baron Corbin decided, or Happy Corbin whatever um has said that when he leaves wrestling he's going to try to start a cooking show that that's his uh next dream is to have five or ten more years he said in the wwe or in wrestling i guess and then to host his own cooking show i've seen so just... that dude's uh instagram videos he's so good at what he does the that like his barbecuing it's damn good it looks really good. Um, also, apparently, if you like Fortnite and you like John Cena, you're going to be in for a real fucking treat. John Cena is going to be joining Fortnite um, later in the week, I believe tomorrow. Um, apparently, items related to Cena will be in the game's item shop um, at 8 p.m. tomorrow, Eastern Time. Eastern Standard Time. Um, you can get entrance gear, ring gear, other John Cena fucking items. Um, and I... <laughs> I just think it's so strange. There's also um, uh, more WWE items in, in Fall Guys. 
like Undertaker, John Cena. I think there's someone else that I can't remember. Um, and then Rocket League will also be getting some John Cena stuff and Undertaker Ooh, wow. stuff. Cast that net far and wide. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. It's not strange. Also, weird to me. I mean, I don't play video games, so I don't know. Um, also, as some people probably heard that there, the, or as if you were listening to Mark earlier, um, Seth Rollins and Riddle has been canceled for SummerSlam. Um, they're citing that Riddle has, uh, he's suffered a stinger, um, that he'll be, um, not cleared to wrestle. Um, apparently, um, according to Fightful, that injury is kayfabe. Um, and that they are planning to do the match later on, but they're because Triple H kind of wants to make SummerSlam like his thing. Um, he's fiddling around with SummerSlam quite a bit, and he's fiddling around with the creative and he's adjusting stuff and changing things and. That is why that match is no longer going to happen. Seth might still wrestle somebody, though, and that could lead to some re something really cool. Yeah, Seth made a tweet that was essentially saying he apologizes to those that paid tickets to SummerSlam um, in order to see him wrestle. It was very much kind of a tweet that was indicating he wasn't wrestling, which would be very weird. Um, yeah. But also it was really funny because it's like, that tweet also had the vibe that he didn't cause Riddle to be injured. Like, he doesn't know what happened when, in, yeah. in reality, he's the one that, that shelved Riddle for the, <laughs> for the time being. Um, but now the speculation begins on what Seth will be doing for SummerSlam, whether it's thrown with another opponent, which could be a debuting star returning star johnny gargano's been thrown out there carmelo hayes has been out thrown out there um another idea was that he will be thrown into uh brock versus roman make that a triple threat um that's possible it's possible um i just don't want him to be the fall guy you know yeah open brock's the fall guy um Especially, especially since he's he's walking out. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, it, it leaves an aura of mystery for SummerSlam, which is always fun. I like a little mystery, and especially with like Triple H being in charge of the mystery. Yeah. So I love that. Like. It seems like with every passing second, you get like further and further away from the camera and slink down just a little more. <laughs> Do I? Yeah. Oh. I can't see myself. I'm not. I, I wasn't looking at uh, Discord. Um, I'm just gonna keep like. Oh, please don't. Until That's not awful on the, for the audio. I don't want anyone to hear me. Um. Okay, so last piece of news and the most obvious piece of news is just some information, further information about the Vince McMahon stuff. Um, if you didn't know, and I don't know how you couldn't know, but if you didn't know, 
uh, Vince McMahon was accused of sexual misconduct, and that turned into Vince McMahon getting accused of a lot of money being thrown out under the hush-hush. And then um, on the 22nd, he officially retired, and apparently he retired on the 22nd because... It turns out, first of all, you know, it's weird. The sexual misconduct allegations, they started in April, which feels so long ago now. Yeah. Um, but apparently a article, an article from the Wall Street Journal revealed that federal investigators, so, you know, the big guys. FBI. Um, yes. Um started looking into these allegations and it is basically to put it into words that were already written for me um wrestle talk said on monday july 25th it was revealed that wwe made a preliminary determination that 14.6 million dollars in payments by mcmahon should have been recorded as company expenses and they weren't. So, yeah. that is why Vince McMahon retired on Friday. And in addition to all of that, um, the on the twenty um, fifth, the WWE stock closed at seventy one dollars eighty one cents, which is up eight point four four percent from the closing number on Friday, which is sixty six point. and that is apparently the highest price that it has reached since 2019. Yeah, so people are very excited for what Triple H has to offer and very optimistic of what could come of that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I, I have one more piece of WWE news before we move on. Um, Could have snuck it in earlier. I'd Finish with the coup de grace there. Oh, my apologies. But this is a little bit of a coup de grace, too. Uh, Freddie Prince Jr. opened up on uh, his podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, um, talking about the, the, what's been going on with Vince McMahon and, and revealed a little bit of information regarding Kevin Dunn, um, who is the, uh, an executive producer at WWE. Um, during the Divas era, and I, I want, want to make sure that I don't misquote here, um, but essentially he said that Kevin Dunn would halt storylines and title pushes if a woman was, quote, not pretty enough. Nice. Um, uh, uh, Prince quoted... It's a very random, low-key era where the numbers weren't great and people missed out on a few wrestlers' peak, like the Beth Phoenixes of the world. Like, she ha- she kind of had her peak. It was at a time where Total Divas wasn't a thing yet, so the women didn't get that much love. So if she was going to get any time as champion, which she should have had uh, a lot of time, a lot of, they're like, well, we got a pair with Santino. So then she had a thing with Santino where they were, uh, they both had a title and Santino would do his comedy stuff. And then she would save him when he would run like a girl. So it was this weird, low-key, under-the-radar time where we were all kind of held hostage by the whims of Vince and Kevin Dunn, man. One guy, 
who loves wrestling with uh, with all his heart, more than his family, more than his dogs, and then this other guy who I never got the sense liked wrestling at all. That's Kevin Dunn. He was trying to turn it into the NFL or Tyson vs. Holyfield. This is cool, man, but it wasn't wrestling. So you just see this room of there probably 20 writers when I worked there, and it was just 20 writers throwing uh, sand against a tidal wave. You could pitch for 20 minutes. Kevin would be like, well, I don't think she's pretty. And all of a sudden, like six weeks of story was just gone. It's like, well, our champs has, champ has to be pretty. It's like, yo, do you think mankind was pretty? You could throw out a number of how many less than handsome male champions have existed, and I shall exceed it. Uh, but it would be dead. Uh, it would just be dead because he would say one thing. And just nastiness, nastiness that uh, man still works there today. Hopefully not for much longer, though. Yeah, I'm actually surprised that he's still there. Yeah. Like, I really thought that, like, he would have, like, been gone, like, Tuesday. Yeah. There were rumors that um, Monday was his last uh, show that he was working, or Friday. Probably Monday, since I think they were still doing that, those quick cuts and shit. Shaky cams. Um, yeah. We'll see how that develops in the future. Alright, you wanna... Talk about some AEW Dynamite. Yeah, let's talk about some AEW Dynamite. So, we started off the show with John Moxley versus Roosh for the AEW Interim World Championship. Right on. So, Roosh immediately attacks Moxley before Moxley even gets into the ring. Um, we then get a dropkick to the shoulder of Moxley right into a chin lock before biting Mox, and then Mox... Rolls away like, oh, and I was like, ah, yeah, I know what you're fucking doing. Fucking fool. So Mox Blades. Um, and then Roosh. Roosh comes over. And Roosh kind of like, did, uh, like he, he gets behind Moxley and like kind of like rubs his hand in the blood and then licks his hand. And I said, oh, no. No, no, no. No. Stop. Just such a weird thing to do. Just. It just ain't right. Just ain't right. Anyways. We get a chair to the knee of Moxley while Jose distracts the referee. Moxley then dives onto a vamping Roosh, uh, driving his head into the barricade. Roosh then attempts to choke Moxley. Um, and we start exchanging some chops. We get a super kick and a power slam to Moxley. Roosh then gets Moxley ringside again and chokes him out with some, like, cables. And it's hard to tell if the ref knows about this or cares about this. Because the ref does look at him at one point and is like, hey, you got, you know, two. Mm -hmm. I mean, but I guess bird's eye view didn't really. Roosh's back was to the ref, so maybe he just didn't see it. Yeah, I mean, the ref is standing over him, though. It's, like, in the ring. Like, it's not close to him. True. Um, 
When we get back into the ring, we go up top. Mots hits Roosh with a superplex. Then we get a German suplex after like a little bit of a slab fight. Roosh, however, gets Moxley with a rolling elbow. Moxley then gets a huge lariat. We get a cross face on Moxley, and he looks like he might tap, but he gets free. He picks Roosh's ankles. Um, he gets him just right to stomp the hell out of him. We then go back up top, and Roosh this time looks like he's going for the superplex of his own. But Moxley bites him, sends him to the ground. However, Jose then appears on the far side of the ring, distracts the ref. Andrade comes out, pushes Moxley off the top. Then the Lucha Bros um, and Alex Abrahantes come out um, toward um, the faction out of the ring area. Um, and then we get a big Larry to an oncoming Roosh. Moxley gets a knee to the face, though, and a straight jacket pile driver that looked a little messy. Um, but Roosh then goes for a corner drop kick. Moxley this time avoids, though, gets the rear naked choke. Um, Roosh headbutts his way out. Moxley still gets the Death Rider, um, but it doesn't get the pin. However, the rear naked choke gets locked in. Moxley then transitions into the Bulldog choke, and he gets Roosh to tap out. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. A very fun match. Um, but after the match, JAS comes out. And uh, Angelo Parker says, AW Galaxy, appreciate us. Um, Jericho comes out and he says, I had to congratulate you. What an amazing match. You've done an amazing job as interim champion. And Daniel Garcia has a fight against Brian Danielson. Garcia is going to finish the job I started. Sammy Guevara is going to annihilate Dante Martin with Ty Conti by his side. Then we got Anna. She called last week and asked for an opportunity. Anna comes out and says, You're damn right. I'm the new Anna J. Anna J-A-S. I'm the sexiest and the toughest, and I'm not afraid to prove it. And she's like pointing at people in the crowd. I'll choke you out. I'll choke you out. I'll choke you out. It sounded like she was going to cry. Yeah. Like, I was like, I swear, I was going to choke you out. Like, okay. Uh, Anna, Anna's got a lot to work on when it comes to her her character delivery, and I'm hoping this is the opportunity to do it, working with one of the best to ever do it, Chris Jericho. So, um, you can't deny he's he's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. I can overlook it <laughs> from an in-ring perspective. Um. So then Jericho says, uh, that's the kind of intensity I had last week when Eddie brutalized me. He broke my nose. He threw me into a barbed wire spider web. I beat Eddie Kingston. And Moxley, I'm going to beat you. After two and a half years, I'm demanding my rematch for the AEW World Championship. In two weeks, at Quake by the Lake, I'm going to be the first two-time AEW World Le Champion. Then I thought to myself, wait a minute, Mox, Mox is already a two-time world champion. But then it was the whole interim versus world champion thing. Yeah. And then Mox just says, God, I hate you, Chris Jericho. You can take your interim and shove it up your ass. I am the two-time world champion. I used to look up to you. I still believed in your own way you were the greatest and the GOAT. But everything you have right now, it's all pathetic. This isn't the World Sports Entertainment Championship. This is the AEW World Championship. If you want this, leave all that trash at home. Leave all the people that carry your bags at home. Carry your own damn bags. I don't want the Wizard or Le Champion or Kingdom of Trademarks or whatever you're calling yourself. I want the guy I used to see on VHS tapes. The guy from Super J Cup. I want the Lionheart. 
If the AEW World Championship is going to be defended on my watch, it will be John Moxley versus the last survivor of the Heart Dungeon, the Lionheart, Chris Jericho. This is for the World Championship, baby. And so, in two weeks, we'll be getting Mox versus Jericho, um, with with specifically the Lionheart Jericho. Seems like. Yes. Uh, and then we go over to commentary where they they casually have three title belts spread across the desk, and I was like, "Oh, is that is that what I think it is?" And then they talk, they casually talk about the trios tam- trios belts. Um, and a tournament's gonna happen, I believe the the finals will be happening at All Out. This is very exciting, the day after my birthday. They're planning everything for the day after my birthday. All Out, which is gonna have the trios titles, uh, probably CM Punk versus Moxley, uh, or Jericho. NXT's having a, having a pay-per-view that day. That's gonna be fun. They're, they're doing everything. you're such a special boy. Yeah. It's all because of me. They they wanted they wanted to do all this stuff on the fourth for me. Yeah, they were like, let's let Mark have his party day and then we're gonna give him some wrestling. Oh, yeah, a whole lot of wrestling. Um Gotta see what New Japan's got playing that day. They they're like, We're actually doing Wrestle Kingdom in September. <laughs> We're extending the the finals to uh, the G1 to <laughs> September 4th. No, no, Mark. That's the um, that's the H2 excitement that you're thinking. Oh, I'm not very excited then. <laughs> um, well, actually, oh, Burning Spirit, New Japan show is happening every day around the fourth. So on, it'll be on the third and the fifth. Multi-man matches! Flash of the Castle's happening on the 3rd, though. Um, but anyway. Anyway. So, yeah. Tournament for the Trios belts will be happening, and as soon as we saw that, we are like, Kenny's gotta be coming back soon, then. Gotta be. Gotta be. Yeah. But who's he gonna, who's he gonna team with? Because he got... Um... You got Cole and Red Dragon. You got Hangman and the Bucks. Looks like Dark Order's doing their own thing. They might be a trio of Silver, Reynolds, Ten. Maybe. Maybe Uno, Silver, and Ten or something. Um, I, I don't really see where Kenny would fit with trios. Although, they could do Hangman, Silver, and Reynolds. And then Kenny and the Bucks. I don't know, though. Mm-hmm. It'll be very interesting to see how all the trios work out and how many of them there are. Honestly, if I was Tony Khan, I'd be like, let's get some qualifiers on AW Dark and Elevation. Just put everyone in a trio and let's see how this shit goes. I, 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 one way to do it. I'm excited. I'm so excited. I just can't believe that they were like, 
Yeah, here are the belts. Anyways, uh, on to Tony. I was like, yeah, you got a lot to run through, fuck? I guess. They, I, yeah. I, I hope this is it, though. I hope this is like the last title they introduce because they got a lot of titles. They got a ton. Um, they do they have the most? No, I think they do. If you count Ring of Honor, they definitely do. Oh yeah, well, that's fair. Um. So after that, we had uh, an interview with Dante Martin. He says, "I know Sammy's gonna have Ty at ringside. He knows he can't hack it in the ring anymore. He's been going on vacation while I've been going at it in the ring. I'm gonna have Sky Blue with me at ringside." Dante's up in his charisma game a little bit. We we see it in this promo here. We see it in in the match. Um, really been improving. Which is awesome because he's had a lot of good in-ring ability, uh, but was lacking in promo and, and charisma. Glad he's working on it. Yeah, he's growing. Yeah, he's growing quite a bit. Yeah. Um. So then next we had Danhausen versus Ricky Starks for the FTW Championship. Yeah. So Danhausen goes to curse Ricky, then kind of mocks his pose. Gets a boot to the face. Um, Ricky then mocks Danhausen's cursing of people and does his own pose. Gets a pump kick to the face. Then a fisherman suplex. Danhausen then sends Ricky into the buckles, rolls him up, but no dice. Uh, and then we get spirited Danhausen for Ricky to win. Yeah. yeah. I think this was a minute 31. And then Ricky Starks gets on the mic and says, Very nice, very evil, but you're not absolute. Just like last week, I still got a little left in the tank. Let's bring out another challenger, and I'm for real this time. Then Hook comes out, his stablemate. Uh, and then we get Ricky Starks versus Hook for the FTW Championship. Yes, we do. And Ricky seems a little nervous about this. Um, we get some rapid, hard shots to the body of Ricky and a headbutt. Um... Hook then gets the pump handle suplex to Ricky. Ricky, however, plans Hook square into the mat, wants a hip toss, but Hook ends up landing on his feet. Ricky then spears Hook, goes for the Rochambeau, but Hook counters with Red Rum, and Ricky has no option but to tap out, and Hook wins. Yeah, and it was, I, I believe it was the same exact length as um, R Ricky defending against Danhausen. Like, to the second. I'm, it didn't feel like it, honestly. I might be wrong, though. Um, I might be misremembering the times, but from my time counting my stopwatch, it was the same time. Mm. Um, but they fist bump after the match. No animosity. And uh, we go to commercial, come back. Ricky's still in the ring, this time with Hobbs. And Tony Schiavone's in there to interview him. Ricky says, I lost, and I'm no stranger to losing, and I'm okay with that. I want everybody to know something. I was given that title uh, when everyone thought it was a noose. I made it a tie. I did it. It was me. And I exceeded all expectations. I busted my ass every day. I deserve to be here for more than 40 seconds. There's people back there saying, be patient. My time was last year. My time is right now. I don't want people to say I had a string of bad luck. It's a string of bad timing. He, he cuts an amazing promo. Like, Ricky, Ricky is... He give he deserves everything. He deserves it all. Uh, yeah, that man. I mean, it was interesting because I remember when he 
um, on Roads to the Top, I think, mm-hmm. he was talking about, it was around the time that he broke his, like, neck or one of his vertebrae or whatever, I don't know. And um, he was like, they basically were like, well, this is kind of a make or break moment because, like, you've got to hold your own and you got to pull yourself up by the bootstraps and kind of make sure people still see you in spite of the fact that you can't wrestle. Mm-hmm. And now we're here, you know? Yeah. yeah. And uh, we could be seeing him as one of the biggest baby faces in the company, um, especially with how this upcoming feud goes. But after that promo, Powerhouse Hobbs uh, clubs Ricky in the back and, and gives a big spine buster to him. It was a, it was a heartbreaking moment because Hobbs and, and Starks was a, a fan favorite tag team. Um, really, really amazing team, and it's it's a shame that this happens. But yeah, seems like they're going down two different paths: one of being a huge heel, one of being a huge babyface. So I just like they could have had the tag belt. Hook could have had the FTW belt. Things could have been fun. Yeah. It'll still be fun. And now I'm just sad. I mean, think of it this way. The tag division was full of wrestlers that were AEW's own and AEW originals. Like, uh, tag teams, at least. Like, like Swerve and Keith, individually, they are WWE bred. Um, but as a tag team... They are, they are, they feel very AEW. Um, Ricky Starks being in the singles division, which is mostly ex-WWE guys, being able to shine as an an AEW raised, I I feel like it will do a lot for the company, it'll do a lot for him. Uh, If they push him as far as he should be pushed, which is all the way to the top. Um, yeah. Part of me doesn't trust Tony Khan. Like, I wouldn't trust him to book Ricky versus CM Punk and have Ricky win, you know? Um, but you never know. You never know. Yeah. Uh, so after that, we had a promo from the Acclaimed. Uh, Caster says, last week the Acclaimed roasted the ass boys. You don't like being roasted, so we're going to do it again to be jerks about it. You're going to have to watch our music video to find out what our match is going to be. Uh, Bowen says, you're going to have to watch... Oh no, he says, bring your ass wipes and your assless chaps. We're taking out the trash boys. Uh, Caster says, Friday is trash day, and that is a mic drop. So I, I'm I'm really wondering, what if wait, what if it's a symphony of destruction match? That'd be so great. That'd be funny. Um. So then after that we had Sammy Guevara versus Dante Martin. Dante looks like a star. Yeah. Um. So Sammy stomps on Dante, drop kicks him after a series of evasions. Um, we get a drop kick to Sammy though, and then so uh, when Sammy does his shit, he like does like his like pose and like his little like kip up and all that shit. So Dante drop kicks Sammy and mocks 
all of that shit. Just mocks every ounce of it. And the only difference here is that he's not with Matt Seidel or some other random person. He's with Sky Blue. So I'm assuming that we just need Sky Blue to be at all of his matches from now on. She's the ticket. Um, Dante then drop kicks Sammy through the ropes. Goes off of the ropes as if he's going to like fly out onto Sammy. However, he backflips back into the ring and just kind of fucking lands on his feet. And Sammy says, I'm not doing this. So he and Ty go to leave. Dante attacks him from behind at the top of the ramp. Then he pushes Sammy off the ramp. Sammy's just standing down there in, like, the pit. And then Dante flies out onto Sammy and, like, lands ass first on, Don- on Sammy's head. Which wasn't great, but Sammy got a couple of receipts in, so uh, maybe more than he needed to. Um, we then get a big knee to the face of Dante. Um, Sammy, we get back in the ring. Sammy flies over the ropes onto Dante. And then Dante does some shit. He ends up landing weird on his foot, kind of tweaks it, still gets the standing Spanish fly, um, nearly gets the pin as well, but doesn't quite get it. And then we get a sit-out bomb to Sammy, and then Ty yells at Dante, distracts him. Dante gets hit with a flying cutter and then the GTH for Sammy to win. Yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully this is the beginning of something new for Dante. Um, this, this whole episode kind of seemed like uh, uh, a nice showcase of AEW originals. Like showing what they're capable of. Maybe the start to to a new path that AEW's on, because you had uh, Daniel Garcia upset in the in the main event. You had Dante have a great showing here. You had Ricky Starks uh, get a huge babyface foot push. Uh, Hook winning the FTW Championship, um, and then Jungle Boy kind of officially starting this feud against Christian Cage. Maybe this is uh. I don't know. Maybe this is like Tony Khan responding to those complaints that WWE's been or AEW's been like just featuring uh, past WWE guys. It's possible. Possible. I mean, anything is possible. I I just I don't know. I I'm not on the trusting Tony Khan to do the right thing train right now. Yeah. Yeah, they have been in quite a creative slump, but we'll see how things start to pan out once All Out gets a bit closer. Yeah. Um. So after that, we had an interview with Daniel Garcia. He said, Danielson, I haven't heard that name in a couple months. Where have you been? Have you been getting sharper or have you been working on your garden? I am going to take advantage of you and send you on vacation. They're going to be calling Daniel Garcia the best technical sports entertainer in the world. Garcia's like, Garcia's the future. Him, him, and Ricky Starks, I could see being two huge names in the future. Because Garcia uh, has has got so much going for him. Okay. Um. So after that, we had a promo from Sanjay Dutt, Jay Lethal, and Satnam Singh. Uh. Sanjay says, I don't want to talk about death before... Or Jay Lethal says, I don't want to talk about death before dishonor. 
I want to talk about the best friends. Sanjay says, we're the real best friends. Um, best friends then walk in, and Trent says, you're going to talk about us like we're not five feet away in tie-dye suits? And then um, a little back and forth that's exchanged before. Um, Sanjay says, this Friday night, it is three-on-three -three trios match. <laughs> best friends walk away, and he's like, what the hell did I just do? I really like this group. Yeah, I, they're growing on me a little bit. Uh, I mean, I hate Jay Lethal, but yeah. Sanjay and Sodom are growing on me. A combination of this, and then I think it was last week's, when Christopher Daniels approached them, and Jay Lethal was just like, what the hell is his problem? <laughs> like, they're just... It's like realistic reactions to a lot of these ridiculous uh, wrestling tropes, you know? Yeah. It's great. It's great. Um, then we had an interview with Jungle Boy in the ring. Jungle Boy opens up by saying, Christian Cage, you are the biggest pussy I have ever met in my entire life. I have watched you come out here for weeks and talk, talk bullshit about my family. Congrats, you are the most relevant you have ever been. But as soon as I'm back, you tuck your tail and run. I didn't get it at first. You said it's because I threw you out of some battle royal. I guess you missed out on some bonus, but that shouldn't be that big of a deal for someone who's been wrestling as long as you have. Then I thought a little more. You're strapped for cash because your wife had just divorced your bitch ass. Just like all the bad guys in movies, Christian needed somebody to protect him, so he found himself a monster. But that monster is my best friend. And what Christian didn't realize was that he was being protected for me. Nobody's going to get their hands on him before I do. Christian has made it clear his only goal is to hurt me. If you want to talk shit, talk shit. I can take it. If you want to swing a chair at my head, swing it as hard as you can because I can take it. Three years ago, I was standing in a dirt hole with my uncle and a shovel, watching my tears fall, turning the dirt into mud. And then we cut to backstage, where Christian's watching the segment and interrupts and says, Hold on a second. Something I wanted to say, Luchasaurus being your best friend, that was a big mistake because you saw where I could guide you. You threw it away to remain Jungle Boy's lapdog. You think I ran away because I was scared. I was scared of what I was going to do to you if I had stayed. You ain't seen nothing yet. Next thing, I, uh, you saw me drape my, my jacket over you. Next thing I drape over you is going to be a body bag. You don't need to worry about me disrespecting your dad because you can dig up some dirt and sit right beside him. You told me all your secrets, now I'm going to prey on them. He threatened to murder Jungle Boy. We, we thought he was going too far with the dead dad stuff. Now he's threatening murder. <laughs> Has Christian gone too far? Um, dude, I'm sorry. Jungle Boy starting with your pussy was... <laughs> That was like a shot of espresso. Oh my god. I was just sitting there like, what? Are we doing this right now? <laughs> yeah. But this, this was a great promo from him. And like I said, this, this was a good showcase of AEW Originals. Jungle Boy has noticeably in the past been lacking in promo ability, but this was a clear step up. Yeah. Um, so then we had a promo from the Young Bucks. Uh, Brandon Cutler's 
kind of trying to cheer them up. Um, he's like, what about the trios tournament? They're going to crown the first trios champions. Um, but uh, they, they run into Hangman. They wish him happy birthday. Um, they're about to open up to him. But then Dark Order walks in and wishes Hangman happy birthday. They kind of crowd around him. And uh, Uno's like, hey, is everything okay over here? And Buck's like, yep, everything's fine. They walk away. And uh, we are once again teased of this reunite uh, of, of Bucks and Hangman reuniting. But after that, we get Tony Nese and Mark Sterling versus Swerve Strickland. Yeah, so we start with a big boot to Nice. Nice goes to tag out, but... Um... Oh, wait, no, I'm, I jumped a little ahead there. Woof. Sorry. Swerve takes a swing at Mark, uh, Smart Mark. And um, then he hurricane around his niece, hits him with a backbreaker before a lariat, gets a pump handle over the ropes to Tony, and then goes to jump out onto him off the apron, but Smart Mark pulls him back by the hair. And then I think Tony hits him with, like, a sort of stunner. Um, we then get a big boot to Nice, and Nice then goes to tag out, but Smart Mark is scared. So Swerve ends up decking Tony, hits him with a back elbow before diving uppercut off the top rope. Swerve then goes after the legal man, which is Mark Sterling, because Nice did tag out. Um, but Tony sort of tries to stop him, gets stomped off the apron for his trouble, and then we get a kick to the side of Mark Sterling's head for Swerve to win. Yeah. Yeah. It was a pretty short match. Um, but we go backstage and see that Keith Lee has been taken out by Josh Woods, who could be a future client of Mark Sterling. Hopefully he's not. Hopefully he's his own guy. Because Josh Woods is great. Yeah, I, I would really hope so. It was it, I, I was not expecting this. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, I hope we see Matt Cardona show up as a, as a Mark Sterling client in the future. I'd like to see him show up in uh, AEW at least one more time. Yeah. Um, so after that, we get uh, a video package from the House of Black. Malachi says, We know this world is an entire hoax. We worship entities with no value. When you call it redeeming, I call it balancing out the uneven... You worship the throne, I will make it so you sit on that throne, and everyone will kneel to you. Obviously, talking about uh, uh, Miro. Uh, Brody steps in, and he says, Darby, do you know why I attack you in public? It's because I can, and I won't stop until your casket drops. You and me in a coffin match. Let me know what, what kind of flowers you want on your headstone. I could see, I could see Brody winning this. Winning the uh, coffin match. Could you? Yeah, he's been he's been very dominant in his matches against Darby. Um, plus, Darby's been winning every coffin match, and I could see them uh, having Brody be his first loss in one. But would they give him two losses in a row to to Brody? Technically, three with the battle royal. I could see it being a, that's a 
I could. That's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot, and uh, that's what makes me skeptical. But I could see it as like maybe for storyline purposes, Sting is like you're getting yourself into like this trouble. You didn't need to have so many matches with this guy. Um, like you know, kind of Darby being too careless. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they'll they'll go down that route. Considering Sting has also been attacking as well. Um, so then we get for the AW Women's Championship, Miu Yamashita versus Thunder Rosa. Right on. So we get a snapmare to do choke on Miu. Um, we kind of pop back and forth for a little while. There's a lot of near falls um, until Miu yanks Thunder Rosa's head against the ropes. Thunder Rosa pops me with a few knees. We get on the apron. It's really fucking messy. Um, like, really fucking messy. Um, until Miu takes the legs out from under Thunder Rosa. Rosa, however, dropkicks Miu, chops her a little bit before Miu kicks Rosa. We get a dropkick to the back of Miu and then a dropkick to the chin. We then get a Northern Lights suplex back in the ring and Rosa goes up top. However, Miu kicks her upside the head, sending her back to the map. We then get a kick to the chest of Miu, who responds with a knee to the midsection of Thunder Rosa. Um, she wants the Cazadora and rolls through, but Miu catches her, slams her back with a suplex. A lot of fucking strength in that upper body. Um, Thunder Rosa, however, gets a little bit of a leg up. She tries to go for the Fire Thunder Driver, but Miu avoids, hits the skull kick instead. And then Thunder Rosa sneakily rolls Miu up. Miu reverses it. Both women end up unclasping themselves but you know it is one of those things where I was like maybe three and then we're kicking each other and we're kneeing each other and then we get a fire thunder driver for thunder Rosa. yeah uh it was a pretty fun match um there were a couple moments of like clumsiness but Kenny Omega um had said prior to this match that like we're gonna see a clear difference in, in skill set between these two Yamashita and Thunder Rosa, and I, I think that was very apparent. Um, I think Yamashita looked leagues over Thunder Rosa in terms of, of you think so? ability. Yeah. I think there's just something Thunder Rosa's lacking, and I, I can't quite put my finger on it, but I'm just like, since she became champion, I haven't been so, like, impressed. I, you know, it's funny that you should say... Because I feel very similarly. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what it is, but something's just like not hitting. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's ever since her match against Marina Shafir that she's. I think that just put a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, bad taste in in our mouths, but also she feels. I don't know. She comes off as just spiteful, even in moments when she's not. Like, it, it doesn't apply. She just, her attitude always seems very spiteful. And as a babyface champion, I don't think it works. You know? I, I, yeah. There, yeah, there's... I mean, even in some of her, like, actions with, like, with Miu at the, um, at the uh, Contenders match, um... 
the way Miu kind of like went for the belt and like Thunder Rosa yanked it away, mm-hmm. I was like, that felt very heelish. Like, yeah. which is fine, I guess, but like, you're not a heel. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's like. I, I don't even know how we, how I would improve her reign. It, it, it seems like she, honestly, I feel like she just needs to lose the belt. You think so? I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think there's anyone you could throw her against to improve her her reign. I don't think because her partnership with Tony Storm hasn't been it's been pretty underwhelming. Putting her against Nyla Rose and Tony Storm and Marina Shafir all have not worked out. Um, her feud with Britt Baker was fine to get the title, and now that Britt's back. Maybe they could do a rematch, but I don't even think that would be enough to redeem it. And it's not even like the feud's been terrible or anything. It's just been so underwhelming. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. We'll we'll have to see how that all pans out. But uh, after that, we had the main event. Daniel Garcia versus Brian Danielson. Yeah. Um... Right off the bat, we're kneeing the absolute shit out of Garcia. We get a drop kick across the jaw to him, and then Garcia goes ringside, um, gets hit with a tope suicida. We then get a neckbreaker to Danielson, and Garcia loads Danielson out before following, and he whips him into the barricades before ripping back the padding on the floor. And then Danielson at one point no-sells like another barricade collision, um, elbowing Garcia on the rebound. He then drop kicks Garcia as he sits in a ch- as Garcia sits in a chair. Danielson goes up top and gets another missile drop kick to Garcia back in the ring. And then Danielson decides to have a little fun with the crowd, I guess, for lack of a better term, by collapsing. <laughs> yeah. Trying to sell a concussion that he apparently has sustained. Um, which I mean, obviously he's got the history of concussions and all that. Yeah, I think it was. So Danielson. I think it was just him doing a good job selling and showing that there's lasting effects from what happened at Double or Nothing. Sure, but doesn't change the fact that I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Um, so Danielson like collapses on the ground, and I was like, he's just luring Garcia in, but he wasn't. Um, Garcia looks fucking confused. He then. Danielson rolls ringside, gets sent into the stairs before being DDT'd into the concrete. And at this point, Danielson is bladed. He fights back to Garcia with like a hard elbow. Um, but Daniel Garcia gets a hard drop kick to the ribs of Danielson and then a stomp to his face. Um, Danielson is then put up top and gets bitten. Um, he, but Danielson then slips to the bottom, puts Garcia up top, clubs his back, and just starts pounding the shit out of his back. Um, Then we get a back-to-belly superplex to Garcia. We exchange some chops before Brian gets like a flurry of strikes to Garcia, sending him to his knees, gets the yes kicks. Garcia, however, gets a rear naked choke on Danielson, but Danielson gets gets to his feet, rolls back, ends up getting a cattle mutilation submission and a tiger suplex before the hammer and anvil elbows to Garcia. Garcia reverses, gets a few of his own, but then Danielson starts standing up again. And reverses it and gets some more of his own. We then get a shoulder capture suplex to Danielson. And he goes for the Basico knee, but Garcia counters that. Um, 
He slams Danielson to the mat. Doesn't really phase Danielson, though. Um, he gets the Psycho knee and goes for the LaBelle lock, but Garcia reaches the ropes before it can even be remotely locked. And then at one point, an evil hand is under the ring and it grabs Danielson. <laughs> and this opens the door for Garcia to get the sharpshooter. And Danielson passes out. He doesn't tap out, he just passes out. You, you leaned far back into that, Garcia. He, like, yeah, oh my god, I know. Um, it was a, it was a very wonderful match. And you love to see an upset like that. Those are always great to see. And they kind of New Japaned Danielson, him losing in his return yeah. match. Um, Mariam asked regarding the Thunder Rosa situation. That if it's like the, the Britt Baker situation where a champion's not so interesting chasing or having the title as is chasing the title. But I... I agree with that, actually. Normally I would because babyfaces, that's why babyfaces can be uh, uh, underwhelming champs because they don't do a good job holding the title uh, as they do chasing it. But Thunder Rosa, I feel like, is so, she's so close being a babyface. She's so close to being what Drew McIntyre was in his title reign. Mm -hmm. Drew was a, a wonderful babyface champ because he had that aggression he has the same aggression that thunder rosa has but the way thunder rosa is coming off and it might also have a lot to do with how tony's booking the women's division that she comes off trying a lot trying too hard to be tough to be um like this grand champion when a she doesn't have many grand moments. She's not given much spotlight, which that's on Tony Khan. Um, yeah. And the the sandbag situation absolutely did not help. And I also think actually Britt Baker is not helping either. She's kind of burying Thunder Rosa with this whole sandbag stuff. Yeah, I think drawing more attention to it definitely doesn't. Yeah, and when, I, when, when you're a challenger, I feel like by default you should be below the champion. The champion should always be on top, whether it be like uh, st statistic-wise or just spotlight-wise. Um, and I wonder how all this would feel if Tony Storm was not allied with Thunder Rosa and, and Thunder was just by herself. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they stuck the two together, but I, it, it's all just a confusing situation that feels like it's close to being good, but also feels like it's not going to get there. Yeah. Um, Mariam said, I know Maria Kanellis is on impact right now and has the women's wrestling army, but I genuinely feel like she could benefit the Ring of Honor reboot since she basically spearheaded their women's division in that last year of Ring of Honor. I agree. I agree. That, uh, AEW needs whatever impact has and, and Maria Kanellis. Because Maria Kanellis, like you said, did a lot for Ring of Honor's women's division, and Gail Kim did so much for Impact's women's division that Impact now has mm -hmm. the best women's division in America. Um, AEW needs to to find 
someone to head that department. Tony Khan is not the person to do that. He is not that person. Um, I think that's fair. But hopefully we see more of that develop in the future. But you want to talk about some bests of the night? Yeah, we're still in the news. Wow, this is long news. Hey, listen, it's new stuff, it so it counts as news. Yeah. All right, let's talk about promo of the night, and there's certainly a lot of that to be had. A lot of great promos tonight. Um, Moxley's with Jericho is pretty good, uh, especially Moxley's side of it. Um, shout out to Dante. It wasn't the best promo of the night, but he, he showed off a lot more. Um, than he has previously. Um, mm-hmm. Ricky Starks, I think, could opt for promo of the night since he had, he had a, a fantastic promo just just before getting clubbed by Hobbs. It wasn't very long, but it was just enough to show how much passion and talent he has. Uh, Jungle Boys was fantastic too, although it seemed a bit redundant of everything going on. Um, but I think it was a great showcase of his abilities currently. Um, so I'll leave it to you between Starks and Jungle Boy. I think once Christian came along, it started to kind of sour a little bit. I was hoping it would just be Jungle Boy and we don't see Christian at all tonight, but that doesn't devalue what Jungle Boy said in any way, I don't think. Um, yeah, I would go with Jungle Boy, honestly. Jungle Boy, okay. I'll go with that. Yeah, I like that a lot. Jungle Boy for promo of the night. Alright, uh, let's talk about Wrestler of the Night. Ready for your three options? I'm ready. Daniel Garcia, Dante Martin, and Brian Danielson. I'm gonna say Brian Danielson, because he made me nervous. His selling is on point. It's he's very, very good at, at the thing called professional wrestling. He really is. Alright, and finally let's talk about match of the night. Um I mean, is it any contest? I think obviously it's Daniel Garcia versus Brian Danielson. Yeah. I I can't say you're wrong. Even with that that evil hand bit, I think this was still a, a great match, and the fact that it ended in upset made it even better, in my opinion. Yeah. All right. So that's uh, our best of the night. Oh, I forgot to mention. If you have a question for us, thank you, Miriam. If you have a question for us, leave it in the chat. Uh, we'll answer anything you want. If you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment get to it in the next one if you're listening on spotify join us at twitch.tv forward slash the pinfall podcast to chat with us live or dm us on twitter at pinfall podcast we'll answer anything you want wrestling non-wrestling whatever all right so Miriam asks do you see daniel garcia staying with jas for long or do you see him breaking away for himself i think eventually he is going to break away for himself um, but I think that it's not going to be for a little. Bit. 
think we're going to have to wait a tiny bit. Personally, I see him lasting as long as JAS does. But I don't see JAS lasting for very long. I think it'll last um, until... Like, I think it'll last two weeks. That match against uh, Moxley will probably be the end of it. Um, just because it's parody. And parody isn't, doesn't necessarily last very long. Uh, it doesn't have a long shelf life. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't really build off of it. You can't build off of what JAS is right now. But Daniel Garcia, I think, is a is a crucial member to JAS. And he's been one of... <laughs> probably the person selling the whole uh, uh, sports entertainer gimmick that they have just because of how ridiculous it is coming from his mouth. He is the parody side of it because you look at him and you, you think that's fucking insane. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think JS is going to last very long and then Garcia will be on his own. Um, I'm sure being with Jericho has done a lot to help him improve and to learn as a wrestler. Um, hopefully, uh, we see a huge Daniel Garcia after that. Yeah. Maybe Wardlow versus Daniel Garcia at All Out for that TNT belt. That'd be cool. That would be. All right. Well, Liz. That's all the questions we got. Would you like to close out the show? I would. If you tuned in tonight, thank you so much. And if you tune in the future, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Um, please tune in tomorrow because we'll be talking about Impact and how impactful it was on our lives. And we'll be making our predictions for SummerSlam. Yeah. So, yeah, tune in. And you'll see me hold on to that pinfall podcast prediction championship anyways thank you all so much for watching follow and subscribe all of our stuff youtube twitter twitch spotify it's all pinfall podcast i'm at the mark cameron on twitter liz is at eliza elaine two three we'll see you all like liz said tomorrow for impact wrestling and then uh you might see us on sunday covering SummerSlam. but don't forget monday We'll be going live for our own SummerSlam in WWE 2K22. See how we have booked our own version of the titular pay-per-view. It'll be a lot of fun. Bet your channel points, all those that you're accruing right now. It'll be a great show. We have a huge main event. Title, title versus title. Champion versus champion. Samoa Joe versus Tommaso Ciampa. All right. Thank you all so much for watching once again. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great rest of your night, and bye-bye.